Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Whether you love them or avoid them at all costs, ghost stories are powerful even if we're old enough to know better than to check the closet or under the bed. But there is a Holy Ghost who does exist, fully God and all-powerful. He works through Christians all over the planet. Yet sadly, Christians often seek to be known more for their talent and intellect rather than any supernatural power. Could it be that we've forgotten the one who sets us apart from every other worldview? It's time to tell some ghost stories. When I was 14 years old, I went to the cinema with my friend Dan from school. It was a Wednesday evening and we were at the age where we could just kind of turn up to the cinema, not really knowing what was on, but kind of just having enough disposable cash to decide when we got there. Now on this occasion, he said that there was a film uh, that he had heard of and wanted to see. I hadn't really heard of it, but it was rated a 15. Um, I managed to kind of get in anyway because I was a little bit too young. And the film turned out to be a horror movie all around demon possession. Uh, Now to give you an idea of my background, I grew up in a family that went to church. Uh, I can't really remember a time where I didn't have faith, Uh, although there have certainly been times where I've questioned and explored what my faith looks like. Uh, We would never really celebrate Halloween as a family, uh, but in spite of growing up uh, in in this background of faith, uh, I always took the concept of God and angels for granted. Uh, So when I snuck into the cinema and the movie started, I can remember watching the film, and whilst not really actually being scared at the time, I remember something not feeling right. I can remember walking home and reasoning that whilst I knew that I believed in angels and I believed in God and whilst I theoretically believed in the devil and perhaps further along the line into demons, although I didn't really think anything about that at all, what I didn't know was how true those things were, or perhaps more than that, how powerful those things were. And so whilst I was uh, this scared 14-year-old boy watching this movie, I remember lying in bed that night with my bedsheets tucked under my feet, feeling my heart pumping against my chest, paying attention to every creak in the house. Um, And it made loads of creaks because of the strong winds outside. And I was just wondering what was going to happen. It was like when it came to the realms of the supernatural, if it existed, it existed in the ways that it was portrayed in ghost stories and scary movies in a way that moved beyond understanding behind the shadowy curtain that wouldn't hurt you as long as you left it undisturbed. Uh, Jenny Morgan actually sums this up really well. She says this, as human beings, we are fascinated by the world of the supernatural. Uh, Have you ever noticed how many books and films and television programs have roots in it? Even as tiny children, we are exposed to the concept that there is a power at work outside ourselves. Uh, From an early age, we have all been encouraged to accept supernatural power uh, as something that's just make-believe. Uh, whether it's Harry Potter or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or the kids show that my godsons uh, love at the moment, uh, Grizzly and the Lemmings. 
There is something about uh, power that goes beyond and exists outside of ourselves that captures us. Uh, and for most of us, we probably just find ourselves on the spectrum of some kind of belief system when it comes to the supernatural. Where when it comes uh, to those things that captures us, it either leads to a curiosity or a cynicism or even a fear. In uh, 2016, YouGov published a study which found that British people were actually more likely to believe in ghosts than God. It turns out that this might be true for you, uh, that when it comes to faith, it seems like Christianity is content far more with its intellect, history, belief and virtue than any form of supernatural power. We kind of detach it, don't we? But here's the thing. When it comes to the story of God, when it comes to the life of Jesus, and when it comes to the followers of Jesus who grew to be a world-changing, life-transforming movement across the globe called the church, whilst intellect and history and belief and virtue were absolutely imperative, what defined the Christian faith was its power. Here's the thing that if I really uh, want to recognize as the underlying principle for the next five weeks as we go through this series together. That the problem is not that the supernatural is either real or fake. The problem is that as the church, we have forfeited our position to be the authority in which holds the answers to the questions that the supernatural poses. Uh, let me explain what I mean. If you're here today, uh, you perhaps might not describe yourself as a Jesus follower if you're watching online, or a regular churchgoer maybe, or a Christian, however you want to describe it. Uh, I'm so glad that you're watching though. Our vision as a church is to be a church community that unchurched people or anyone can be part of. Uh, we want to remove any unnecessary barriers that allow and welcome uh, people uh, home. And we want to assist you on that journey wherever you are on, whatever questions you might wrestle with. Uh, but if I may, I want to assume that the reason you're watching church right now is that there's probably the same underlying reason that everybody watching or everybody who comes to church has found themselves in church because of at some point in their lives that they or you are looking for something more. That there is something within you that feels unfulfilled. That there is an itch that feels unscratched. That there is a sense of purpose that feels real but almost out of reach. And there has to be something more. Uh, there is a chasm that just can't be filled uh, or a guilt that can just feel unrelinquished. And yet perhaps the tension that you live with when it comes to the church is that when you look at the people inside, myself included, perhaps you're not sure if your life actually looks any different from those who are inside the church. In fact, if you're someone who uh, is a churchgoer, who's been here for a while, uh, this can be the case for you too. That the things that you find faith increasingly offers you are found actually in numerous places. It's just that church is the most convenient for you at the moment. Uh, there might be a whole bunch of reasons that you practice faith or come to church. Uh, here are some that I've probably heard just in the last month. Uh, some people might say that it offers good advice on how to live, uh, or that there's a great sense of community, uh, or that it's a place that teaches kids good values. You might bring your kids along uh, on a Sunday. Uh, or the music is amazing. Now hear me out, all of those things are good things that I believe that actually Jesus offered in profound ways that spoke to the human heart. My hope here is that here at The Forge, we continue to offer all of those things uh, and that we continue to play a high value uh, on them. But here's my point. 
If these are the things that define your faith or are the driving forces for your belief, then eventually faith will just become one option. Because there are other places, other books, videos that offer good advice on money, marriage, work, sex, friendship, and morality stemming from Judeo-Christian values. Now, there are sports teams, pubs, jobs, community groups that offer deep, meaningful community and support. There are after-school clubs and YouTube videos that teach your children. There is Spotify and Apple Music and the Apex and Barry St. Edmonds that offers great, uplifting music. If there are things, uh, that, that, if these are the things that define your faith or are things that you're looking for when it comes to scratching the itch uh, of, uh, of there having to be something more, Christianity is a brilliant place to find all of those things, as it should be. But it's not the only place you can find those things. And so if you're here for the first time and you're thinking that maybe this is uh, more than you bargained for, or if you have a faith and you think that this is more than you think you need, I just want to invite you, with all of your doubt, all of your concern, maybe even with your cynicism, because I believe that there is something more that you may have uh, ever considered. Because the Christian faith offers a lot of amazing, important things, but so does a lot of other things. And that's okay. Because those things were never supposed to be the main thing that the church was known for. In fact, when you look at the significant movements of when God interacted with human beings, they all contained not just good things, but power. In fact, when Jesus was on earth, the things that he said would define and lead and distinguish and be the driving force for his people, its knowledge, its influence, its community, its love for one another, its purpose was not just an idea, but it was a person. It wasn't just practices, but it was power. Uh, we find this in the account written by one of Jesus's followers by John, uh, whose story is included in the New Testament. And as part of this account, he tells us of a time where Jesus was with his followers of whom he taught, um, had uh, taught brilliant life-changing moral lessons too, uh, who he'd sung hymns with and shared experiences with. And Jesus knew that the time was going to come where he would be arrested and killed before one day then rising again and ascending to the heavens. And on numerous occasions, he tried to explain this to his close followers. And on all of the occasions, uh, and you can and you should read this, his followers were just left feeling sad. Uh, and we might read this and now, know, and now um, kind of think, uh, well, why would they feel sad? Surely they'd feel left feeling excited uh, or amazed that, the, uh, that their leader and their Lord was going to do something that no one else has ever done. Uh, but we read this with hindsight and we forget that if we were there at the time of Jesus, we probably wouldn't feel all that differently. Uh, because if someone told you that they were going to soon die, whilst that's shocking, it's believable. If someone tells you that they're going to undie, uh, that might leave you feeling a little bit confused, but it's unlikely to detract you from the thing that you know 100% ha can happen, death. And so Jesus tells his followers this, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. And like me and like you, that makes sense because whilst his followers understood what death meant and that caused them to be sad, they didn't know what after death particularly meant. So Jesus continues, 
But in fact, it's actually best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now this is extraordinary, and if you don't leave here today thinking that this is extraordinary, uh, then call me and I wanna buy you dinner so that I can come and explain it more to you uh, because I really wanna do a good job on this. Who is the advocate? The advocate was one name that Jesus used for the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit, uh, perhaps the most basic explanation I could give, uh, is really used to describe God's Spirit. The Spirit is the way in which the biblical authors described God's personal presence among us. Uh, it can be a little bit confusing because sometimes people refer to God's presence as the Holy Spirit, like it's a thing. Uh, a more accurate way of thinking about the Holy Spirit uh, is as he is a he, as a person, similar to the way in which we would refer to Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is not an it. Uh, it would be better described as a he. He's a person of God. The reality is that this confusion probably comes just because we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. Uh, this is in spite of finding the Holy Spirit on page one of your Bible. You find the Spirit, God's presence, hovering over this dark chaos before the world was even formed, ready to bring about beauty and order. Now the Hebrew, which is the language that the Old Testament was originally written in, uses this word to describe the spirit, ruach, which if you're not spitting in front uh, of you, you're not actually saying it right, but it's the same word that the Old Testament uses to describe breath or wind. Uh, this is true in the New Testament as well, where the English has been translated from the Greek pneuma, which again means breath or wind or soul. And actually that's quite a good analogy. Because in the same way you can't see the wind, you can feel it. You can experience it. You can even see the effects and the power of it. And that's similar to the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. If you think that sounds a little bit mysterious, then you'd be right. It's probably why we don't talk about it anywhere near enough, um, as, or perhaps as much as we should. What perhaps makes this even more confusing is that in the 17th century, uh, the word that the translated used for ruach and pneuma uh, was the word ghost, which later on had a whole bunch of connotations, which is where we get the word Holy Ghost. It's what we're naming this series after. So Jesus is with his close followers and he tells them this, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, then the advocate, the Holy Spirit won't come. And if I do go away, then I'll send him to you. It is best for you. In other words, the fact that you receive the Holy Spirit to be among you, and we find out later in the story to fill you, is better than Jesus being with you now. And the very power that was at work at the creation of the universe, the power that would be uh, at work in raising Jesus from death to life, which you don't even understand yet, will be the very presence that will be among you when Jesus says, I leave. And right there, I face a problem because if I'm 100% honest with you, I'm not sure if I fully believe that. I mean, I know that I should and I know that Jesus said it and I know that Jesus meant it, but if I gave you the option of spending the next three years, say, with the physical Jesus or the Holy Spirit, which one will you choose? Probably Jesus. And yet Jesus is saying, it's going to be better for you when I leave and so I can give you the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, he says this, and when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and the coming judgment. 
In other words, he will guide your path to walking in light and not into darkness. His presence will bring you back to God when you fall away. He will shed light on what is past and what you do with the uncertainty of the present and things to come. And then Jesus gives his followers a glimpse of the beauty and the complexity of who the Spirit is in ways that we can see but not perhaps fully understand. Because frankly, there's just nothing else like the relationship between the Spirit and the Father and the Son. He says this, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you all about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you what he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now that's a little bit confusing, but if you can just kind of imagine what the perfect marriage would look like. I mean, that's also impossible. But just imagine, you have two people who come together in this ultimate, unwavering, unchanging, unbeatable bond of love, who share a name, who share the same values, who willingly commit fully to one another in a way that offers a picture and a glimpse into the relationship between God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, listen, that Holy Spirit who's with me will be with you too. Who is the Holy Spirit then? Uh, here um, are some of the ways in which some of the biblical authors describe him throughout the New Testament. I mean, the Holy Spirit offers freedom to the things that enslave you. He offers hope in light of the things uh, that have given up on you. He offers renewal within you. He is an advocate on your behalf to you. He is a teacher to remind you. He is a messenger of God's love to you. He is a gift giver of good things for you. He is a power that extends beyond you. And he is a light to your path to guide you. That the question is not, does the supernatural exist? Is it either real or fake? The question is, do we truly know that we have a Holy Spirit, a Holy Ghost, who is offered to you to be a light in the darkness? Because for me, as a 14-year-old boy, when I was lying in bed with my duvet tucked underneath at my feet, my fear was driven by the lack of understanding over what the very foundational aspects of what my faith claimed to know. If we don't embrace the Holy Spirit, we don't embrace God. If you're living hoping that faith provides whatever it is that you're looking for, community, security, knowledge, or just something to do, then it will. But so will other things. What Jesus offers is a partnership containing a power that changes the world. A power that when we embrace brings all of those other things to its fullest potential and its perfect motivation. In the course of this series, we're going to be telling some ghost stories, stories of the Holy Spirit, changing the hearts of people uh, in God's story and in ours. Next week, we're going to look at perhaps the most famous Holy Spirit encounter, which gave birth to the church. Uh, the week after this, we're going to look at, um, at these heavenly gifts, these holy gifts that God wants to impart on us through his Holy Spirit. Uh, in week four, we're actually going to look um, at how we don't actually live in a world of spiritual new, uh, neutrality, uh, but actually in a world of light and darkness, both of which compete for your heart. And then in week five, we're going to ask, what would your community, your neighborhood, your family life look like if we gave space for the Holy Spirit to move? I want to finish by telling you a story. It's a story that I've shared before, actually quite recently, but I want to tell it again. 
It was a time where I felt the Holy Spirit move or experienced the Holy Spirit power. In fact, some of my favorite faith stories, in fact, all of my favorite faith stories that I've ever experienced all include moments where the Holy Spirit has worked. I was on a coach journey coming from London back to Ipswich. And as I was sitting on this coach with my iPod in, eyes facing the front, I had a seat next to me that was completely empty. And I thought, yes, because you don't want just a random person sitting next to you on a long coach journey, do you? But as I was sitting there, I just got a sense from the Holy Spirit speaking to me, urging me on to turn around and to speak to the people behind me. Uh, now for me, I'm quite a sociable person, but there was something within me that kind of pushed against that a little bit. It was a little bit awkward. Loads of people were on the coach. It would have been quite exposing. But as the coach journey went on, it was just like something was just pushing me and pushing me saying, it's really important. You've got to turn around and introduce yourself to the people behind you. In fact, there was an urge to sort of say, actually, I want you to tell those people about me around the Holy Spirit, about Jesus. And so as I turned around and I eventually did, I was kind of a little bit awkward and kind of just bit the bullet and thought, hey, I'm going to do it anyway. I turned around and said, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Johnny. And behind me was this man and wife uh, from India. Uh, and we got talking and chatting and where we were going and where we were going, uh, coming from. And eventually I said, hey, listen, this is going to sound really weird and a little bit odd, uh, but I'm a Christian and I just felt that I should turn around and introduce myself uh, and tell you a little bit around who this Jesus is. Uh, and so I told them a little around, uh, a bit around my story and around who I thought Jesus was and, uh, and how he wanted uh, to know them personally. And this guy came and looked to me and he was so polite but he just said listen I come from a place where loads of people say that they've had experiences of the spiritual and the supernatural I come from a place where they believe in a whole bunch of different gods why is yours any different and I looked at him and I said well have you ever experienced anything have you ever experienced power that comes from a living God and he said no I haven't and so there was something inside me just compelling me. It was almost like the words coming out of my mouth, they were mine, but they weren't necessarily up to me. And so I just said, listen, can I pray for you? And he accepted and went, okay. And sort of automatically, he just sort of put out his hands like this, almost as this moment of acceptance. And his wife was looking at him and his wife was looking at me. And I was kind of scared because what if nothing happened? And I just prayed, Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to this man. Would you reveal yourself to him today? And as I prayed this, I can't really describe it, but there was just this sense of peace that came over uh, this conversation. There was a sense of peace that came over this man and he went from feeling really tense and he just looked so peaceful. And about five minutes later, he opened his eyes and I just said, what was that like? <laughs> and he just said, I've never felt so at peace. And his wife was looking at me as if like, what have I done to him? And I said, listen, I haven't hypnotized you. I'm not that good. I just don't know what I'm doing like with stuff like that. But, but I believe that there is a Holy Spirit who wants to come and meet with you. And I believe that there's a Holy Spirit who wants to come and meet with you today too. And so I'm going to pray in just a moment as we go into some more singing. But throughout this series, I want to invite you to keep on coming back as we carry on with this journey. But today, I want to ask, would you just take a moment now to ignore the distractions and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you? Because the distinguishing factor around faith isn't necessarily the practice, but it's a person. It's a power. It's the Holy Spirit. 
Let me pray for you now. Holy Spirit, I want to ask that right now, people who are watching online, wherever they are, in whatever situation they're currently standing in, whatever room they currently dwell in, whatever noise is going on in the background, as we just create a space for a moment, would you reveal yourself to them? Would you, right now, Holy Spirit, fill the place in which uh, those watching currently are? And would you speak to them personally? And throughout this week, Lord, would you cause a curiosity or, or perhaps even a deeper understanding that can go beyond ourselves as to who you are, as to the presence that you want to leave with us, to guide us, to know us. And as we carry on with this series, Lord, I ask, would you continue to reveal yourself to us? Knowing that you're true, knowing that you're good, knowing that you want to pull us close and make our lives better. In your name I pray. Amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.